Lewis, thank y'all so much for leading us. Amen. Um, would y'all stand to your feet tonight and let's just honor God with the reading of his word if you can. And uh, we're just going to believe God tonight. Amen. Trust God to lead us. Uh, probably preach on this a little bit more than just tonight. Um, I don't want to get in a big hurry. I got maybe excited today and was like, man, I'm no need in trying to preach it all in one night. Amen. We may miss something, and we don't need to miss on the word of the Lord. Amen. Second Samuel chapter 23, verse 9. And it says, And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo. <laughs> Dodo, the Ahohite, one of the three mighty men with David. When they defied the Philistines that were there gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clave unto the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day and the people returned after him only to spoil. Can I tell you, some people will leave you until you've got done fighting. They'll come back for the easy things. They'll let you do all the battling, and they'll come back when the war's been won to take of the spoil. What a greater time than we're living in right now when you're weary and tired to, for your hand and your life and your heart to cleave to the word of the Lord, to the sword. said his hands were weary, but his hand clave to the sword. Let us pray. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name to lead us and to guide us into all truth, Lord God, and ask you to anoint these next few moments as we minister your word. And God, I pray that tonight, God, that your word would find a soft place of soil, a heart to lodge in tonight, God. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I see a lot of new faces out here, and I, man, what a, what a house full of people tonight. And, and I think sometimes it's like, God... You, you know, I, I don't know if any other minister in here has ever tried to do that, but you almost feel like, man, at this church there's always new people coming, and it's almost like you evangelize every service. But there's no other, there's no greater evangelistic tool than the Word of the Lord. And you just have to preach what God says. And, and I believe that there's people that need salvation in the church tonight. But if you're going to be saved, then you got to be saved by the word of the Lord. Amen. The word has to be preached. How will they know unless one sin? Amen. And when you go, what are you going to say to them? you got to tell them the word of God. Amen. You have to know the word. Brother Ken just shared with me. He ministered to a truck driver yesterday, and he said, if you were to die today, where would you go? He said, well, I would just go out in some space. I would turn into some particle, turn, go into the atmosphere, turn into a particle, and one day I would come back as a tree or as a goat or something. He'd just come back as whatever. Amen. You know, some people believe that. Some people think all this happened from a big big bang. Some people think that we were formed out of monkeys. I act like one sometimes, but I didn't come from one. Amen. I've been born from above. Amen. I've been born from above. Amen. You, you, can, you can reason anything out. You know, you can, I tell you, if, if your faith has never been tried, just walk with God a little bit longer. And I'm telling the devil to try to convince you if any of this is real. Amen. I promise you, if, you, if he's not trying to talk you out of, of, of the word of God, 
that you've not walked with God long enough. He'll try to he'll try to make you think that, man, what am I really believing? Is all this even worth it? Is it really real? Is it true? Is it right? You mean in the beginning God just was there and we try to bring God down to our finite minds. He's greater than all of that, amen? But he's not so great that he won't just come right here and talk to you. He is that great that he will come and sit with you, amen? He will be with you in your greatest mess, amen? God is, he's here for us. He sent his son Jesus to die for us so that we could come boldly to the throne of grace. And so as I begin to even question myself right here a while ago, the spirit of God, I just opened this Bible here and it just turned right to the word of God, Here's what it says. It just says, literally, the Word of God. Amen. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, because I was doubting everything I was even going to say tonight, Brother Michael. I'm doubting everything. I said, God, there's folks here need to get born again tonight. Here I am just going to teach about the Word of God. He said, what more do they need? Because it's the Word. It's, it's, it's the letter. Amen. And if you're lost, then you need to know that the Word of God, amen, will condemn you until you get right with God and come in underneath the blood. And when you come in, then the Word now will convict you. It no longer condemns you, but it will convict you that if you get in error, get in sin, then now the Word of the Lord will correct you but no longer condemn you amen you see the law now becomes our schoolmaster amen now I'm not I don't, I don't come in under the law amen if I come in and get born again I come by the grace of God I get washed in the blood of the lamb amen I'm not here to condemn anybody here tonight but I am here to teach or preach the word of the Lord and here's what I trust amen because I'm just here by faith just to say and declare what I believe God wants me to say tonight amen Isaiah 55 10 and 11 said as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater so is my word somebody say so is my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me void, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Amen. You may not know why you came tonight, but I know why I came. I came under the authority and the anointing of the Holy Ghost tonight to declare the word and the works of the Lord and to say that God Almighty is trying to get his church ready, that God Almighty is extending his word by the grace of God because he said in his word, in the book of Titus that the grace of God has appeared before all men. Amen. Let me tell you, I don't know when the rapture may take place, but it could be tomorrow. It could be tonight. And I came prepared to declare unto you that if it is, are you ready to go and meet Jesus in the air? Amen. I can tell you I am. And I want to be ready. And if you're not ready, if you're lost and undone, I came to declare to you, you don't have to stay lost. God's going to send his word out tonight. And it will accomplish that. But Satan is after how you respond. You know, I, I can relieve it. I, I can release it. You can receive it. But if you don't respond to it, then you just gave the enemy a foothold. You can walk right out of this church and just, just avoid everything that I'm going to say tonight. You can. Or you can respond. Satan's after your response tonight. What will it be? It's up to you. It's up to I. Stewardship of the sword. It is written. Can I tell you the written word? It is written. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 7 
says, the grass withers and the flowers fade because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. Let me tell you what, everything else may fade, everything else may come and go due to the seasons, but let me tell you one thing that never changes, no matter what year we're in, I don't care what the government says in 2020. Let me tell you, homosexual is still a sin, and let me tell you, if you're a drunkard, if you're a liar, the Bible says even the fearful and the unbelieving is a place prepared in the lake of fire, amen? You see, a lot of fear was revealed in the church last year, with a church in the pulpit wants to get on the adulterer and the whoremonger and the drug addict and all that but what about them that tucked their tail and ran last year when the government said shut the door the Bible said the lake of fire is for the fearful and the unbeliever then too amen if some of you say well that's just not me but really you're just fearful well let me tell you there's not a place for the fearful anywhere in the kingdom of God the Bible warns us do not fear 365 times do not worry do not be afraid do not fear. Amen. Can I tell you fear will separate you from the grace of God. We don't have to fear. Everything else may fall. Everything else may fade but the word of the Lord will last forever. Amen. Before I get to where I need to get I just want to share a few scriptures. Matthew 24 verse 35 says heaven and earth will pass away but my word will last forever. Even heaven and earth will pass away. But what will last forever? His word. And let me tell you this. You may, Satan may get your response tonight, but there'll come a day you'll stand before Jesus. (laughs) Satan won't have your response then. Come on, somebody. I said Satan won't have your response then because what I release to you tonight, you'll be reminded of it because heaven and earth may pass away, but his word will go forth tonight and God will remind you and say, you remember that night that crazy preacher in Grittany, Florida preached the word of God to you, but you said, no, 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 that night wasn't the night for you, and you said, I'll get it next week. I'll get it next year. I kind of like what I'm doing right now. I kind of like the way that I'm living right now. I don't know if I'm really ready for all that religion right now. I got one more party in me. I got one more this in me. I'm just not ready to submit to all that right now. What can I tell you? If you miss it, if you miss out on the boat, let me tell you, the word of God is going to stand forever. You see, a lot of us are too carnally minded that we can't think ahead to know that you and I might die tonight or the rapture might take place tonight. You think you'll live forever because you think you're better than God. His word will live forever. Quit playing games with God. Listen to me tonight, church. Quit playing games with God. Quit being in and out. God's calling us higher. God's calling us deeper. Joshua 1.8. Y'all just stick with me a few minutes, Okay. Joshua 1.8 says this, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. What is he saying? We should meditate on the word of the Lord day and night. Are we as quick to make sure when we walk out of the house that we got the Bible like we do our cell phone? 
I'm very convicted. I'm not lying. Now, I'm telling y'all, I'm on my phone a lot. But I make sure, I do my best to make sure that if I walk out of the house and get in any vehicle and I don't have a Bible there, I want my Bible to be sitting up there where the world can see it. And if I get into a jam, Brother Buck, I want to have the Word right there with me. I don't want to have to pull it up on my phone to somebody. How dare me to have possession to the Holy Bible, the Word of God. How dare me to tote a phone around with me if I ran into somebody who needs me to pull out the Word of God to them. How dare me to pull my phone out and give them direction from my phone. How dare me. I'm a Christian. I'm saved by the blood of the Lamb and this is my direction, my map. How dare you and I not to tote this with us? How dare us? It may not be popular to keep it in the UPS truck. Nobody else may not. But I bet Brother Justin does. How dare us? What did we read? 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel 23, verse 9 and 10. His hand was weary, but it claved to the sword. It claved to the sword. Can I tell you that when people see our hands, they should see the Word of God. Can I tell you hands are a type of ministry? Can I tell you that a lot of people live like Lazarus? Their hands are tied with grave clothes. It's hard for your hand to clave to the sword when they're bound by grave clothes. A lot of us want to hold on to yesterday. Why not pick up a Bible and let your hand be claved to the Word of God today? Just let our life be claved to the Word. James, nobody else, brother, may not drive around with, with, with a canine dog and a Bible up front. But brother, I believe God wants you to. I see the word of God in you now. I do, brother. I want you to know that. Other people see that now. Amen. That's a different man. Amen. Why? Because the word of God. Amen. It's got to cleave to us. Amen. It's got to be who we are. Joshua said in 1.8, the word of God, day and night I meditate on that. There may be a thought that come to me and I said, is that in the word? Brother Jason, I want to have my Bible there. Now I may pull up my phone to find out where that is, but then I'm going to go to the Word. Why am I going to go to the Word? Because I really can't comprehend it when I'm trying to read it on my phone. I really can't get it. I need to know what it says line upon line, precept upon precept, brother. I need to know what the chapter before it means and what the chapter after that means and what the Scripture before it means and the Scripture after that means. We can't build a whole denomination and associations by one verse. Just because you like one that fits you, pull it out and go build a church on it. We better build the house according to the whole word of God. The whole word. Amen. The whole word of God. The word of God will not return void. I'm telling you, church, we have to be a people of the word. 1 Samuel 21, I shared this last week. may share this a lot. Man, it's powerful to me. I didn't know Sister Stacy had just written a devotion on this. Amen. God blinded me from that. Amen. Then Brother David wrote me yesterday. He said, this is where I'm at my Bible reading. He said, never seen it till you sent it. We were talking about it the other day. David was a steward. He was a steward of, of the sword. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 21, verse 8 and 9. My God, this is, boy, this got in me. I ain't even going to lie. And David said unto Ahimelech, And is there not here under thine hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me because the king's business required haste. 
He got in a hurry and left his sword. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> you ever got in a hurry and left your sword? <laughs> Amen. Well, the king's work required getting in a hurry sometimes working for Jesus. Amen. But thank God, grace is there. God knows his heart. God knew. Amen. And so he said, and the priest said, the sword of Goliath. Woo! The Philistine whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah. You remember that sword, David? Remember that sword that you took from that giant and you chopped his head off? You remember that sword, David? Oh, yeah, I remember that sword. Can I tell you, David was a good steward of that sword. David took it to the house of God. He took it to the tabernacle. Listen to this. He said, in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If thou wilt take that, take it, for there is no other save that here. And David said, there is none like it. Give it to me. There's none like it. Give it to me. Amen. There's none like it. Give it to me. Can I tell you that cloth is a type of a mantle over that sword? And I looked up that word in the Hebrew, and it actually means that the cloth or that mantle that is upon that sword takes on the identity of what it's covering. <laughs> what is your mantle taking on the identity of lately? Woo. When you pull up, I can tell you this. He knew what was underneath that mantle. He knew there was a sword underneath. He knew the shape of that. He had seen the shape of that sword. He knew when he saw that man, oh, yeah, give that to me. That thing was tucked behind the ephod. Can I tell you, he was a good steward of the sword. Let me ask you, what kind of steward are you of the sword? What have you done with your latest victories? What have you done with the sword that you took the giant's head off with? Have you been a good steward with that? Or have you just, thank you, God, that sword got me out of that jam. I don't need it anymore. I don't need it anymore. Or you've taken it, dedicated it to the house of God, covered it with a mantle and say, there may come a day that I get in a hurry, but that same sword that was there, the grace of God that was there then is here now. I got in a hurry. God knows, but a lot of us don't get in a hurry. A lot of us don't get in a hurry. We just throw the word of the, here's, I don't need it now. That's the way we treat it. Whenever I need it again, I'll pick it up. I'll pick it up. Matter of fact, maybe things pretty dirty, isn't it? I hadn't even seen that Bible. <laughs> Blow the dust off of it. You hadn't needed it since the last time you was in a jam. Your hand hadn't claved to anything. We'll get there in a minute. Because God's faithful to us. When we, even when we get in a hurry, He's good. <laughs> he still has a sword. He still has a sword for us. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17. Stop that. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of what? The spirit. Which is what? The word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, Hebrews 4, verse 12. I'm just trying to lay out something so we can preach. Amen. So y'all don't think I'm telling y'all a lie. Hebrews 4, 12. For the Word of God is quick and what? Powerful. And what? Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. 
I didn't think about nobody in this church tonight whenever God was dealing with me about this message. I've received a message about a month ago. Somebody said, I can't believe you're even still preaching after you preach that message for him for me and me and me. Like I sit around and just form messages for people that's here, Brother Michael. That's what I do. 24 hours a day, I sit around and think about every member that's in this church. And let me see if I can get a message tonight to talk about Elijah. Let me see if I can get Ryan and Leah tonight. I just ain't going to name their names, but they're going to know I'm talking about them. Yeah, it wouldn't show up if I did. So then what would I do? That's good. And I can tell you, if they're watching this, them three, you never knew when they was going to show up. Amen. And when they did, amen, no telling. But boy, you formed it for them. Amen. Just say it. I mean, that's what the Holy Ghost, no, that's what the Word does. The Word can do what the Word wants to do, when the Word wants to do it, how it wants to do it, amen. I preached on the joy of the Lord before and the joy of being complete and somebody repented of watching pornography. Amen. Because that's what the Word does. The Word does that, amen. The Word of the Lord Divides soul and spirit. Whoa. We need some of that. Come on, somebody. Amen. We need a lot of that. Boy, I felt God tonight. You did? What did it touch? Your soul man or your spirit man? Because you felt that worship song, but as soon as you got in your car, you were drinking beer and country fried, and that touched your soul too. Come on now. You see, the word will divide them too. What's what and what's not? What's right and what's wrong? Your opinions don't decide or discern what's right or what's wrong. Can I tell you that I don't care how long you've worked or walked with God. It don't matter, does it, Brother Michael? I don't care how spiritual you are. It's still an opinion if it's not there. You tell me why your decision is what it is. And if it's not there, then I don't want to hear it. I'm sorry. That's not an arrogant thing. That's all we have to stand upon. Amen. You see, hold it up, Brother Mike. See, that hand's claved to the Word. I don't want to know your thoughts and opinions. Amen. You could be very soulless. Everybody else thinks you're spiritual. Woo. The Word will really expose what we are. Am I soulless or am I spiritual? You see, the Word of the Lord, when the light shone, who's that light? There's Christ. There's the Word exposed to Eli's sons really were. They were sleeping at the door of the church with women. Come on now. Amen. The word of God will discern and divide. It gets down to the nitty gritty. Then we start getting mad. Whoa, that preacher preaching. Amen. Amen. Eleazar, his name means helper. It's a type of the Holy Ghost. You preach the word without the help of the Holy Ghost, it's just going to be dead and you're going to kill. But the Holy Ghost's hand is clay to the word of God. Amen. He's the helper. And I feel my help in this house tonight. Amen. You see, a lot of people just want to beat somebody over the head, but you let the Holy Ghost anoint, get clave to the word of God, and you got something now. Amen. I said you're going to begin to get divided, the soul and the spirit, the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Who are they talking to? You'll think that that preacher made that sermon up for you. No, the Holy Ghost just knows right where you are. The Holy Ghost is claimed to the word of God. They're one and the same. The word and Jesus, they're the light of the life and they're the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. If we're going to get right with God, then we have to let our hand be claimed to the word of God. 
People say, I don't understand the word. Get born again. Get born again. Because if you don't, it'll kill you. <laughs> but if the Holy Ghost helps you, it'll be life to you. It'll help you. It'll bring water in dry places. It'll help you. You still with me? The Word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. All we got to do is release it. The Holy Ghost will deal with it. Whenever we get through the sword, we're going to deal with the stewardship of the seed. The seed is the Word of God. And we have to be good stewards of the seed. It's not the sower's fault. It's not the seed's fault. It's the soil's fault. The soil rejected the seed because the soil wasn't a good steward of the seed. And so we have to be good stewards of the sword and the seed. Amen. What is stewardship? I said this last week. So if you're taking notes, stewardship is conducting, supervising, or managing of something especially being careful with it. Responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. This Bible has been entrusted to your care. So how are you a steward of that? How are you really treating the Word of God? This is life to us. If you don't read the Word, then you don't have life. You don't. We have to be people. You'll be bitter. You'll be angry because you don't know the direction to life. We'll live life based on opinions and your thoughts, and they may be good, but they're not God's. The God's Word will help us. Deal with us. Listen, the job of supervising or taking care of something, utilizing and managing all resources God provides for the glory of God and the betterment of His creation. That's what, that's what stewardship means. So what kind of steward are you of God's Word right now? What kind of steward are you? Stewardship of the sword. Second Samuel 23 verse 9, we said that Eleazar's hand clave to the, word, to the sword or the word of God. Think about this. Everybody else had left David's life but three men. Three mighty men. Can I tell you, it'll feel the same way when you stand upon God's word. It'll feel the same way when you're the only one that stands on God's word. These be the names of the mighty men of David. Had the Tachamon that sat in the seat chief among the captains. The same was Adno, the Isnot. He lift up his spear against 800 whom he slew at one time. Eleazar, his hand clave to the sword. And the other brother stood in the pea patch. And he fought them off. He stood in the middle of a lentil field. And he said, you're not going to take this pea patch from me. I'm going to fight you for it. There was three mighty men. Can I tell you, you may feel all alone, but let me tell you, God's going to send who you need in the time that you need it. And God's going to send us word people to this house. God's going to send us people that said, I'm going to be a word person. Uh, I'm not going to be an opinionated person. Amen. That word will deal with that opinionator. 
Amen. I said that word will deal with that opinionator. Amen. Let me tell you, when the word of God is preached, uh, let me tell you, lukewarmness won't be able to stay. Amen. Because there's fire behind the word of God. There's truth behind the word of God. And that that is false will not be able to stay. Amen. That that has a mixture will not be able to go forward because the word of God is a discerner of that spirit. Amen. The Bible says, know those that labor among you. Every answer that we need to deal with life, deal with our children, deal with our marriages, deal with the church, deal with addiction, deal with lostness, deal with anything. It's all right here. Amen. I came to tell somebody tonight in this house, GFCC, we're going to be a church that stands on the word of God by the grace of God and through the power of the Holy Ghost of God. Are you with me tonight? Amen. We got to be a word church. I love worship, but we got to be a church that worships God in spirit and in truth. Amen. If all you do is get out there and left field, then you'll never get back in the middle and get in line with the word of God. I love to be in the spirit, but I know to stay in the spirit. I better get in line with the word of God. It is the truth of God. There's so many people, all they want to do is worship and get lost in that haze and that daze. Oh, but the word of God will pull you out of the mug and the mire. It'll pull you out of the haze and the dazes. That word will set our feet upon solid ground. Hallelujah. The word of God. How are your time with God? How's your time in the Word? Honestly, how's our time as a church in the Word? Can I tell you that one of the end, the, I'm going to give you three. Let's see if I got time. Y'all still with me? Three things I want to give you. The enemy's agenda. I'm gonna, the first one is to destroy the Word. The second one is to disarm the Word. And the third one is to disown the word. If you can stay with me a few minutes. The enemy's agenda as stewards of the sword. John 10.10 says the enemy comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. That's the enemy's agenda is to destroy the word of God. Now, we know that he can't. We know that, but you get in a jam and all you have to stand on is the word. And what, what's the first thing the enemy's going to do? He's going to tell you that ain't right. You really going to believe that? <laughs> you really going to believe that everybody else is against you? You really going to believe that? I can tell you, if you've never stood in the face of that, amen, we, me, and, me and Carrie and our family, we were looking at a $20,000 a year salary, a two-story house, and, and 27 acres with a church on it ready to go. And, and them men told me, I just got out of a drug program. Them men told me the baptism in the Holy Ghost was of the devil. And I wasn't ever going to make it and fall flat on my face. Now, I had, I had a decision to make in that moment because everybody that I knew that were Christians and saved were telling me it was demonic. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know no other preacher. I didn't know anybody. I thought everybody was Baptist until I found, found the Holy Ghost. I thought everybody believed the same way. I did. I didn't know nothing about nothing. Amen. I like to do drugs and get high and then Jesus saved me. Then he filled me. And I'm like, my God, what's going on? Amen. But I knew what I experienced. You couldn't take it from me. And now this word is in me. You can't take it from me. Amen. That's why David said, hide the word in my heart. Amen. I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just telling y'all my life here for a minute. Many of you know that already. Amen. But I can tell you what I've experienced in this word, brother, you can't take from me. 
You know, a lot of times you're not going to know what to say. You're going to get before people. You're not going to know what to say, but that word that fits in you is going to begin to come out of you. It's just going to begin to pour out of you. Amen. You got to get it in you. What you read, you may not feel it sometimes. You may not understand it. Oh, but there'll come a day when that oil begins to flow and everything that you read last year, you didn't understand it then, Brother Dave. But now there's a supernatural anointing that falls on your life and you need a moment. You need the sword. Oh, God, I'm my son that I'm I needed that seed of my life right now. God knew if you would just get it in you a year ago, it was going to come a day, a year later. He's going to set you before kings and priests. You're going to feel unworthy, but oh, everything that he put on the inside of you is a living word. That's not a dying word. That seed will get on the inside of you and it'll begin to grow. You won't even know it's growing, brother, but it's just lodging somewhere there because that seed is a perfect seed. His word is a perfect word. His word is a living word and it will not return void. I don't know when it's going to sprout up, but just get it in there and there's coming a day. It's coming out. I don't know how to preach, but I just read it and it comes out. Amen. I don't know how to do this. Never had a preaching teacher. Preaching coach. Amen. Just get it in you. It'll come out. I'm telling you. Just get it in there. It'll come out one way or another. Amen. Right, wrong, or indifferent. But it'll still be used to God for his glory. Amen. I promise you, it'll do it. I don't know when. I don't know how. But we just got to get it in us. If you don't get it in you, it won't come out of you. You may not understand what you're reading, what you're doing. Just read it. Some things you don't understand. You'll just be walking along. All this, oh man, you'll have a thought. Most of my thoughts come if I'm just driving down the road. Hey, cut the radio off. Turn your TV off a little bit. Just meditate some. Just wait on God a little bit. I dare you. Just wait on God a little bit. Is your TV bad and ho? Your radio bad and ho? If you listen to Chicken Fried, it is. <laughs> Turn that off. Hey man, get worship music on. Hey man. That music's terrible. You can't put this in there and that junk in there and think this is going to come out. (laughs) No. Fresh water and salt water don't mix. I was reminded this morning, that mixture, them Samaritans, what came against that building of that church, that temple, it'll always be a people that's got a mixture in them that'll tell you what you're doing wrong. Because what the right that you're doing stirs up their wrongness. Amen. It'll always be a half-breed that wants to try to come against the wholeness of God. Amen. It will. That, that life with that mixture, they'll, they'll never understand you being sold out. They, they, they can't. They can't. Amen. They're not going to understand your dedication to the things of God. And when you give things up, and they don't because there's a mixture there. People with a mixture will be your greatest hindrance. It's lukewarmness. Even Jesus said that. Amen. So the enemy's agenda is to destroy our stewardship of the sword. John 10.10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you may have life. Amen. We see this in the book of Samuel. We see that whenever David came to the war, amen, I love this. Boy, everybody else is running away from the battle, and David ran to it. (laughs) He didn't know what he was going to. I'm just going to be pleasing to my father. Amen. I'm I'm just being obedient to him. And so when I get down there, everybody else is running away from this giant. I'm running to him. Listen to what David said to him. This giant sitting there. 
1 Samuel 17, verse 45. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with what? A sword. Oh yeah, there's that sword that's now dedicated into the house of God. David said, you come at me with a sword, but his sword, he wasn't claved to that sword. Amen. Can I tell you that the enemy will try to use the sword (laughs) against you? The enemy will try to use God's weapon against you. David is saying, you come at me with a sword and a spear, but I come at you. What? I come at you. And, and I, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Can I tell you that there was a little David that was out in the pasture being prepared for this day that he didn't even know was coming? Can I tell you, whenever you make small disciplines in your life, it'll bring great defeats? <laughs> You see, you just got to discipline yourself in the small matters. And I promise you, there's coming a day that you're going to step out on the valley of Elah and that giant's going to come running down. Everybody else is going to be running away and you're going to say, my hands have been prepared for war. You see, I took on the lion and the bear with my bare hands. I didn't need a sword then. Can I tell you that I believe that David's hands was being cleaved to the word of God even in that pasture. The spirit of God was there. He was a worshiper, Brother Michael. He was out there worshiping. I believe he was a worshiping when Whenever the lion and the bear came, that heart was being prepared and his hands was being claved to the sword of the spirit. You might not have seen it physically, but it was there in the spiritual. Amen. I said there was a supernatural sword that was in David's hand that God put there in worship and in the word. I don't know what he did, but Brother Buck, when the lion and the bear came out, the Bible said he brought them down with his bare hands. And I love what David said. Oh, giant, you come at me with a sword and a spear. All you can do is come at me, but I got bare hands. I'm about to go to the valley of Eli, and I'm going to take my bare hand that I killed the lion and the bear with, and I'm going to get five stones. And the Bible said when he got in the face of Goliath, he reached that same hand. That killed the lion and the bear into a satchel, and he pulled a stone out, and he used the same hands. I believe that hand was clave to the word of God. He reached in there and pulled a stone out. Can I tell you who the stone was? Oh, there's Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. What did he reach in that bag and pull out? He pulled out the Word of God. He began to stir that Word around. He began to show that stone around. Amen. Where did it hit him at? Right in his head. Can I tell you where the devil always comes to attack you and I? He comes in that mind. Can I tell you that rock hit that devil right in the mind? My God, somebody needs to get a hold of this tonight. Hallelujah. What did his sword cut off? His head. That devil's after your head. But can I tell you, my God will even use what the devil meant for evil for your good. Amen. We see in Matthew chapter 4 where Jesus was tempted 40 days and 40 nights. And can I tell you his response every time, Brother Chris? It is written. Can I tell you why he said that? Because the word of God was in him, brother. That word was being tried. And can I tell you the word of God will see you through anything. Even Jesus had to be tried in the word. He said and he answered the devil back. It is written. Why did he answer the devil back that? Because the devil was using scripture against him. The devil was using scripture against him. 
See, the devil will even say, well, you know, that preacher down there, he's too hard. He made me feel bad when I went to church that Wednesday night. I ain't never going back there before. I ain't never going back there again. He, 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 was, he was mad and mean and hollered and screamed. And Nah. You see, the devil will convince you that what's being said right now is wrong. That was for another day. That was for 40 years ago when things were different. No, let me tell you, we better get the fire of the Holy Ghost back now. You see, the enemy's agenda, whew, we become, we become a bunch of lip-wristed preachers and we're scared to say the truth. Amen, we're scared to talk about the truth. We're scared to talk about the word of God because in the word of God, it's still the word of God. Amen, and let me tell you, we gotta come in by the word of God. And if we're gonna stay, we gotta stay in the word of God. Amen, because this word will keep us in the bounds of the spirit of God. Amen, and let me tell you, when the Holy Ghost of God begins to move, that spirit will never get outside of the front to back of this Bible. Amen, let me tell you, I don't care how spiritual you think you are. When things start falling out of the sky like gold does, you better market is witchcraft and you better know amen I love the glory of God better than anybody I know what Jesus smells like I know what he looks like but when all that stuff begins to happen you better know that there's witchcraft among us I can tell you the glory of God you'll see it you'll feel it you'll know it let me tell you we gotta stay in the bounds of the word of the Lord hallelujah y'all still with me you sure that devil knows the word. That devil will tell you, oh, nah, I'm in grace now. You know what the devil will tell you? Don't read the Old Testament. Why not? <laughs> I see Jesus. I love, I'm an Old Testament guy. Amen. I'm an Old Testament guy. I love it. Why? Because I see Jesus there. I see the word of God there. I see Jesus everywhere I turn in the Bible. Amen. I just see Jesus. I don't see an angry God. I see love. I see grace trying to reach me. Well, I mean, all in every page of the Bible, I see Jesus. I see Jesus in men. I see Jesus in women. I see Jesus in every part of the Bible. Amen. So don't, don't, don't try to say, no, no, you don't tithe because. <laughs> Come on now. The devil knows the word. And he'll try to use the word against you. He did that against Jesus. Matthew chapter 4, Jesus answered, verse 4, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So if you're going to have life, how are you going to have life? By every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So let me ask you this. In your quiet time, do you, are you the only one that talks or do you let God talk? Who talks? Do you just have a list of requests that you just call everybody's name out and just say, all right, God, take it. Thank you. See you later. I think Rave says, well, see you later. Is that, is that your relationship with Jesus? Are we willing to slow down enough and say, Jesus, talk back to me? Let me hear you. Because Jesus is even saying here, Jesus. The Bible said he didn't make one move Unless his father told him to do that. So that tells me they had a working relationship about life. This is Jesus, the son of God. But if he waited on order, so who do we think that we are just to take life by the horns and live? Bunch of prideful people we are. 
Every one of us. Prideful. The devil will always offer you more. Verse 5, then the devil. Oh, you know the word? All right, I'm fixing it. I got you. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and settleth him on a pinnacle of the temple. We've been there by the grace of God. You can see all of Jerusalem at this overlook. And this is where Satan took David, uh, took Jesus. And he said, you see all this? Look right here. It's at the city of David. And said unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down for it is written. He give his, who's, who's using the word there? Now what Jesus said, it is written. Now what does Satan say? Oh, I picked up on what Jesus is saying. <laughs> it is written. I'm going to talk his lingo too. Come on now. The devil knows church lingo. <laughs> the devil knows religious lingo. The devil knows, are you hearing me? I said the devil knows what Jesus says because Jesus is the one that said it is written and now the devil said throw thyself down for it is written. He's right. He shall give his angels charge concerning thee in their hands. They shall bear thee up. That's Psalm 91. Amen. Amen. A lot of people stood on Psalm 91 since COVID-19. Amen. But what have we done with it now? Everybody turned there. But Jesus said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and said unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Let me ask you, who are you really serving? Who are you really worshiping? Listen to this, the word clave means to cling to, means to cleave, means to stick with, to stay close to, to keep close, to stick to or stick with, to follow closely. I love this, to be joined together or to pursue hard and to abide. So is that your relationship with the Word of God? Are you pursuing it hard or hardly? Are you abiding in the Word and is the Word abiding in you? Do you stay close to the word of God? Do you keep it close to you? Do you follow it closely? Or do you follow what you think is right? If we're going to be a word church, let's be a word church. And if we're not, let's shut the door and turn this into a community center. We got a big one next door. That'll attract a lot of people. What you want to do? Come on, what y'all want to do? A word church or a worldly church? We can build a worldly church. You throw the word out the window. We can set a little table up here. We can set our coffee right here. Whatever you want to do. Build a worldly church. You'll get everybody here. Where's the word preached? Well, we can't preach and we can't talk about sin. Can't, no, we're not going to deal with none of that. We got this, we got that. All that's all right. You can do any of that. You can. But whenever you change the world and the word, you got trouble. And I can tell you, honestly, I've, I've told Brother David a lot. I'm attracted to that. I love, I would love to have lots of, I would love to get in that new church and it be full the first service. 
And I could go as far left as anybody and just say, let's do what we got to do to get people here. It's in me. You don't know how bad it's in me. You don't really know. Because I don't like being hurt when people leave. I don't like being hurt when all I have to stand on is the word and people leave. And I say, tell me where I'm, well, I see what you're saying. But I'm leaving. You hurt me. I didn't hurt you, the word did. Because the word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And so it's in me not to stand on that. Not to have a standard of the word of God. I've asked God, let's just lower the standard a little bit. You, can, you believe that? What'd you tell me, Carl? I said, don't, don't exchange it. I've asked them to. Can we do that? Can the youth group just lower the standard a little bit? <laughs> we'll have a big youth group then. Can the barn church just lower the standard a little bit or we got to really deal with that? Do we got to be a church where the Holy Ghost moves in every service or can we maybe just put them in the side room because people look at us? A little funny. You know, the other Pentecostal churches do that now. When you deal with the devil, and do you... Do you not deal with the devil just turn them back out to the world or do you stop a whole service to make sure one gets free what do you do what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world but lose his own soul what if we turn a demon possessed person back out on the streets and they never get free and they go to hell and all oh, that pastor stands before Jesus one day and he said, remember, remember when I thought I could trust you and I, but you exchanged the word for the world, remember? Just one little compromise, remember that day? She ended up in hell, he ended up in hell because you wouldn't just take just a little bit longer because you were too worried about how you looked. I want you to know what's in me. I, I can exchange the word for the world in a heartbeat. I can. Never look back. And you know what? You'd be people's biggest hero. <laughs> Man, look at what God's doing. Look at what God's doing over there, Brother Scott. Look at what God's doing. Because we're so soulish. Three men stood with David at the end of his life. Three. Three. But we're soulish people. I don't want to be that. I'm telling you, I want to be a word man. I want to be a word church. I want us to be word people. I do. trying to Jesus the second thing is the enemy's agenda is to disarm us from the word 1 Samuel 13 19 check this out 
I had a message one time to preach on this. I had the thing, Carrie made me and everything and never got to it. Now there was no smith, no blacksmith found throughout all the land of Israel for the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make them swords or spears. <laughs> they wouldn't let there be anybody that knew how to work with fire and iron. <laughs> Can I tell you the enemy's agenda, the Philistines' agenda to keep the, the, the sword or, 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 the, or the, any artillery out of Israel's hands. <laughs> they didn't want them to make a sword. Can I tell you, what, what is our government's agenda right now? What is the government agenda right now? What is the government agenda against the church? It's not going to be long, brother. They're going to say, you stand on the word. You preach against a homosexual. Well, we don't, we're not telling that out there. It's 2021. You can do what you want to do. Go in the boys' bathroom, go in the girl, just have at it. Do what you want to do. It's 2020 to live how you want to live. If a church preaches on that, they're going to come take our nonprofit. People aren't going to give to you. The enemy's agenda is to disarm us. Listen to this, the word disarm. Amen? The word disarm means to take a weapon away from a person, force, or country, and I put a church. The enemy's agenda is to get the word out of our hand. Preach the full gospel no more. You better just preach a little bit of this because if you preach the whole word, people's going to leave your church. If you preach on the baptism and the Holy Ghost and fire, people's going to leave your church. I get worried a lot of times. Everybody's just going to leave. But I know that if we just keep preaching the truth of God, then let me tell you, it's going to be the word that works. Amen. I said it's going to be the word that works. The word disarm also means to deprive a person of power or to injure somebody. Can I tell you the enemy's agenda? against Israel was there not to be any blacksmith in the country because if the blacksmith was there then they could make swords can I tell you the enemy's agenda right now is to disarm the church he wants to disarm us I want to read something to you that I read today I don't know who's going to play but you can come I better try to be quiet how are you going to defend others how are you going to put the enemy to flight how are you going to do it without a weapon? Being armed is biblical. That's why the American forefathers provided for the right to bear arms when setting up their country. The first thing the Philistines did was disarm Israel. When you are disarmed, you go from being a free citizen to a subject. You can't fight. You're controlled by those with weapons. You see, someone will always have weapons. The devil isn't going to put down his fiery darts. <laughs> Those wanting your guns, they just want to be the ones to have them and not you. So they can control you. Oh, yeah. Y'all listening? If you are going to be a mighty man or woman in God's army, you need your sword. <laughs> Hallelujah. You need your sword. I wrote this at the top of my paper. Until you're a soldier of the cross, you won't need a sword. Yeah, until you're a soldier of the cross, you won't need a sword. The sword won't matter to you anyway. Some of you's not fighting spiritual warfare. Some of you don't want to deal with the sword because some of you know what the sword costs to carry the sword. Some of you don't want to wage war for your children. That devil wants your babies. That devil wants your family. That devil wants our marriages. That devil wants his house. And if we're not a word church, if we're not a church that our hands are claved to the word of God, you see, some of us don't want to carry a sword because we we done throw the 
sword down and were running in fear. But it's time that the church of Jesus Christ would stand up in this hour and begin to wage war with the devil, would begin to fight warfare with the enemy that's trying to take our families, trying to take our country, trying to take our children, trying to get our children strung out, running out. We'll identify with them more than we will the word. God, wake us up. We'll feel pity on them instead of going to power in the word. Oh, let's feel sorry for them. Let's feel sorry for them. But if we'd get the power of the word back out. Now, I'm talking to me. I'm talking to me. I feel like I messed up with my two oldest. And I try in the mornings with Lakin the best I know how. Sometimes it's just a fight. Kids in the morning don't want to get up. Sometimes it's just a fight. Sometimes it's a fight for me just to get up and spend time with God. Is it anybody else? Brother Clendenin said, if you don't make a time to pray, you won't pray. So I wonder, I'm just asking this. I'm challenging myself. But we'd have to break a lot of pride. We'd have to make a lot of time from busyness. The Holy Ghost dropped something in my spirit last week. He said, abiding always produces abundance, but abundance can prevent abiding. Abiding produces abundance, but abundance prevents abiding. So what if, mom and dad, we left church tonight. We've been out for a lot later things than going home after church and said, hey, children, let's, uh, let's read a chapter of the Bible and let's discuss it a minute. I know for us, we've stayed out for a lot worse. Rodeos. Mr. Ken called me one time and said, you mean to tell me you can drive all night with bucking bulls, but you can't drive all night to preach? I said, you're right, Brother Ken, I'm sorry. What if we gave God a little time with our family? And just said, we're, just, we're going to read one scripture tonight. We're just going to break it down. We're just going to talk about it. What if we did that? Would that prevent anybody from ever going to John Wayne's house? Would it empty the jails? Would it empty the Dunklins if we put the word in them? I don't know. If we put revival in our homes, would it? Could it? Could it? Where sin abounds, grace abounds the much more. If our hands clave to the word of God, could, could it prevent, could revival break out in our schools? Could it? The third thing I want to tell you is the enemy has come to bring us to a place to disown the sword. He would love for you to leave this church tonight and you say, man, that's just too hard. John 666 said that they walked away from him to follow him no more. 
Why did they do that? I don't think it's a coincidence that John 6, 6, 6 says, 70 disciples, disciplined followers, not bystanders, disciplined followers, said they turned their back on Jesus to follow him no more. So they, they were walking with God, disciplined with Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus himself. I'm not just talking, I'm not talking about me and Brother David. I'm talking about Jesus. I mean Jesus. I mean literally Jesus, not the chosen Jesus either. I'm talking about Jesus. Son of God, Jesus. Jesus said, unless you eat my bread and drink my blood, you cannot. Oh, 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 this teaching is too hard. Is it too hard? Not when the Spirit of God, not when Eleazar's hand cleaves to it. Not when the Holy Ghost is coupled with grace. God will deal with you very strongly. But He'll help you. You can make a decision tonight in this house. You can disown it like those 70 did. Or you can choose tonight to eat the bread of life. What is the bread of life? The word of God. He said, unless you eat my body and drink of my blood, you cannot. So I ask you tonight, are you ready to go forward with Jesus? Because the enemy's agenda is to get to destroy you, to disarm you, and to cause you to disown the word. And when you disown the word, then you disown him. And I wrote this down. If you, re- if you refuse to cleave to the sword, then sin will cleave to you. If you refuse to cleave to the sword, then you will cleave to sin. Psalm 103, 101, verse 3. Anybody know what that says? Check this out. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. For you to turn aside of him, what did he say? I hate that. God knows every heart here tonight. The word of God has dealt with it. I'm just telling you what Psalm says. A Psalm of David. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. So if you don't cleave to the word of God, then sin will cleave to you. So if you want to leave tonight and sin will cleave to you, it'll cling to you. It'll stay with you. It'll follow you. It'll pursue you. You put down the sword, it's over. Or after tonight, I heard God say this. I believe I was commanded to say this tonight. I believe God has helped us. To be a word people. If you choose tonight not to pick it up. Not to teach. Not to preach. Not to reach. Not to pick a time to spend time with him. Sin will begin to cleave to you like never before. Because if you sweep a house clean. And don't fill it. Seven more demons worse than itself. Will come. How many of you have ever experienced that? 
So what do we got to put in us? The Word. Am I saying you got to sit down and read the Bible in one year? I've never sat down and read the Bible in one year. Just say, Jesus, what do you want to talk to me about today? Hey, there's a little index in the back. Find what he says and turn there. It'll speak to you. You say, well, that sounds childish. You know what I got to do sometimes, honestly? Go get me a little kid Bible. I do. Lakin's got a little boy's Bible, and guess what? I learn more from that than anything. I don't comprehend a lot of that stuff, right? So I'll get a kid's Bible. I'll get a character Bible. It brings it to life for Jerry. I don't, I don't mind telling. I'm not above that. Neither are you. Get a kid Bible if you got to. It'll help. Don't ever think that you're better. Here's what the devil says. You don't understand it. You won't get it. You, 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 don't, you don't say it like they do, so just don't even worry about it. Get in it. Can we commit tonight to let our hand cleave to the Word? Can we commit tonight that if you're not a person that brings your Bible to church, can we start bringing our Bible to church? To let it cleave to us. Can we do that? Can we be a word church? People come in this church and they say, my God, everybody's got a Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ain't getting nothing over on us. <laughs> Amen. What's going on over there? Find it in the index. You'll find it somewhere. Demons are real. They do still come out. Every head bowed and eye closed.